The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to cure every disease and every illness. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Jesus sent out these twelve after instructing them thus, Do not go into pagan territory or enter a Samaritan town. Go, rather, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Gospel of the Lord. Does the church really have to exist as it is today? That is to say, with its structure. There are lots of uh, places where either ourselves or throughout history where there's been desires to kind of break from the very basic structure and form a more kind of local community of kinds and, and abandon uh, a sense of having to, you know, report to this guy back in Rome who does this, and is that really that important? Or that we have these local bishops who take care of us and uh, are the shepherds, so to speak. Isn't that just all a construct that, you know, we made up over time and so on and so forth? And you, maybe you've heard this or you've thought it yourself. And when we look at the text we have today as Jesus selects the twelve, gives them authority, and sends them out, we see that there is a clear action here of setting up a very basic structure in which the church would be governed. And it gets even um, better. By that I mean to say it, it gets more clearly articulated when you look at this particular text from a Jewish mindset. In Hebrew literature, that is when the Jews would write things down like the Gospels, like the Old Testament or other things, there was a literary tool or literary style called a chiasm. A chiasm is a certain way to tell a story in order to highlight a particular part of the story. And the way that works is they'll tell certain points, about five, anywhere from four to six points that they'll have. Uh, it has to be an odd number, so three, five, seven, or nine. And they'll talk about uh, A, uh, B, C, D, and E, which becomes the central point of the story, to D, C, B, A. And so A mentions something basically the same. B similar, C similar, D similar, and E is the focal point of it. 
And that kind of literary structure is used in chapter 9, verse 35, to chapter 10, verse 8, which we've covered in the last two days. And here's how it uh, kind of pans out. In chapter 9, verse 35, letter A, Jesus proclaims the kingdom of God himself and starts curing and, and, uh, and healing diseases and illnesses. Over here, A, which is Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8, he tells the disciples, go proclaim the kingdom of heaven and cure the sick and raise the dead. So you see the connection. B, in 9.36, Jesus says the crowds were like sheep without a shepherd. Over here, which is verse 10.6, Jesus tells the disciples, the apostles, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So you see the lost sheep connection. Then C, Jesus in the first part says, ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers. And then that was uh, verse 9, 38. And then here, chapter 10, verse 5, he sends out the 12. So sending out is the connection. And then D, if you're still with me, right? I, like, I, I hope you find this interesting. I find it interesting. So D, that's why I'm spending time on it. Chapter 10, verse 1 the first part of verse 1, Jesus summons the disciples, the 12. 10-2, he names the 12 disciples. So calling, summoning, naming, connected in D. And then what's the very central point of all of this in, in E? Jesus gave them authority. So the church's authority, not only expressed in this passage, but was literally structured to be the focal point of it, if you see what I'm saying. Matthew uses this kind of literary construct to underscore just how important it was that Jesus gave his authority to the 12 apostles. So the result is that the 12 apostles continue to carry on the exact same mission, which is why uh, uh, DCBA happens over on this side. Because they basically mirror what Jesus was doing here and then gives his authority, the disciples start doing here, right? Especially going out and proclaiming the kingdom, gathering the lost sheep of Israel, being sent out, all of that connected. So the, uh, the result is that the disciples are carrying on the exact same mission that Jesus had. Preaching the gospel, the kingdom, and healing the sick. Now, the early church knew that this same authority was to be handed on to the bishops. And we see that we have a very early testimony from the year 94 AD. So that's before even possibly the last apostle died by a guy named St. Clement of Rome. St. Clement of Rome writes about uh, the apostles that, you know, Jesus gave them the authority and that those apostles appointed their first converts to be bishops. This is a direct quote. The apostles appointed their first converts to be bishops for the believers of the future. And they went on to add instruction that if these, that is those who they appointed, should fall asleep, other accredited persons should succeed them in their office. So you see that it was clear for this uh, Saint Clement of Rome in the year 94 A.D., that this was the structure that was set up. Now, authority, again, it's important, yes, it's a gift, but it can also be a curse. It can be a gift, it can be a danger. 
And so Jesus always emphasized how the greatest exercise of authority is through service. If you want to be the greatest, you must be the least. You must be the servant of all. That's where I find ourselves maybe to pray this morning as we pray for uh, the direct successor of St. Peter, Pope Francis, and even our local successor of the apostles, Bishop Robert McElroy, our own bishop, just praying that they would continue to be men of service, exercising their authority through selfless love. And of course, for us too, that same authority of the church in a certain degree does belong to us as individual believers. And we are called to exercise whatever baptismal authority we have in relationship to other people by exercising it through selfless love towards others.